College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? It's Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, El Conservador, Mr. Call Screener, Richie B. And I got called in to guest host the Mark Levin Show on uh, on a moment's notice. So I want to play an excerpt of that because we talked about so many great topics. I want to jump right in. Relationships. I want to talk about relationships and a lot of things, but in particular relationships because they require compromise, right? Imagine telling your wife, you must do what I say, and that's it. My way or the highway. How do you think that would work out for you? Exactly, right? <laughs> for some, some of you are saying, that's exactly what I do every day, Rich. And others of you are saying, man, that wouldn't work out too good. But compromise is a constant in relationships. And America and our government and the relationships we have are no different. But being uncompromising on certain non-negotiables is critical. For example... The notion of destroying America to build her back better. What do you say to that? I could tell you what I say to that. I say, hell no. That's a non-negotiable. We don't destroy that which we love. And this is something that I posted on social media last week because I, I hear too much of, of the chatter from so many people that say, no, we got to bring it all down, bring it all down from economic systems to this to that to government systems. They want to destroy everything to build it back as if that's a possibility. And I don't think that it is. And what I put on Twitter was, one does not destroy something that they love. We cannot destroy America so that we can rebuild her better. We must protect and defend the United States from every last enemy that wants to destroy her. We have to plug the holes in the sinking ship. You don't sink the ship and try to rebuild it. You see, the Democrat Party seems to be growing. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Is the Democrat Party growing? Or is it just the pro-crime progressive movement within the party that's growing? My point exactly. You see, the radicals on the left, they're taking over the once cooler heads that used to prevail in government, where compromise was actually a thing, and people governed with America's best interest in the forefront. Now, I'm not saying there was a, a time where everything was pie in the sky and everything was hunky-dory. No, that's not the case. There's always been political corruption, and I think there always will be. This existed in the Roman Empire, Ambitus, as it was called back then. I did a whole show on that on my podcast. You should check it out. It was a pretty interesting topic. But it's always been around, and I think it's always going to be around. But the question, like the founders kind of predicted, was that we have to have a society that's, that's built and, and rooted in virtue. Because without that virtue, this is what happens. Corruption runs amok. The seeds of radicalism 
They were planted very long ago by lots of different people, not the least of which were lots of different Marxist ad, uh, activists and advocates and communist sympathizers. One of those radicals was Saul Alinsky. Now, he famously dedicated one of the epigraphs in the introduction of his book, Rules for Radicals, to the fallen angel Lucifer. Here's what Alinsky wrote. Quote, Lest we forget, at least over the shoulder, an acknowledgement to the very first radical. From all our legends, mythology, and history, the first radical known to man who rebelled against the establishment and did it so effectively that he at least won his own kingdom, Lucifer. That's Saul Alinsky. So when you put two and two together and you say you have this radical left movement that embraces the teachings of Saul Alinsky, and we see it every day, it's evidenced in almost every headline. For example, so much of what we see today, it's the radical left. It's playing everyone against everyone else, playing them against themselves. One of Alinsky's rules that stood out to me was a rule that I used a lot when I worked with James O'Keefe at Project Veritas. Back in 2014, 2015, I ran the national field operation for James. I was his uh, director of special operations. And making left-wing radicals live up to their own book of rules was a big part of that work. One of the Alinsky rules is make the enemy live up to his own book of rules. Here's a quote. From Alinsky, ridicule is man's most potent weapon. There is no defense. It's almost impossible to counterattack ridicule. Ridicule, excuse me. So when Associate Justice Sonia Sotomayor from the Boogie Down Bronx, the land of AOC all out crazy, when she spreads misinformation to the masses on COVID and she doesn't face any ridicule, what are, we to, what are we to surmise from that? That we're not making them live up to their own book of rules. Here's another quote from Malinsky. He says, you can kill them with this. For they can no more obey their own rules than the Christian church can live up to Christianity. Now, it's fascinating how he makes these um, comparisons because he realizes that, you know, Christ is perfect. Christians aim towards the perfection in Christ, and it's that walk that people aim towards, that redemptive walk. Yet, this isn't all about religion, right? This is everyday life, and that's how they apply it, because they know that people are going to fall short. And the left uses that against each and every one of us every single day. The communist knows that Americans want to be left alone to raise our families, to mind our own business, maybe take a vacation or two. And they use that against us. They use it against you, they use it against me, against all of us that don't want to be involved in their statist pro-crime progressive movement. They know that you and me are not on attack mode all the time. We just want to live our lives, right? Live and let live. And that's how they get us. That's why when Pelosi says that... Uh, Oh, you know, well, making money on insider trading, you know, here in the House, that's just the free market, right? Because that's, you know, in, in, in effect what she said. 
She's trying to make us live up to our own book of rules because a conservative wouldn't dare come at Pelosi for trying to make money in the free market, would he? And they have perfected this because they study this stuff. And that's why I'm grateful. When I uh, started working with O'Keefe back in the day, he gave me this book and he said, make sure you know this. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd seen it in college, but I'd never really, you know, drilled down. And it's important that you do. And the great one brings that up. And he's brought it up a lot of times. Where he, when he was in the Reagan White House, that was one of the first things they gave him. They found these boxes of these books that they were giving out to schools. And they said, you know what? We all have to read this. And becoming familiar with these rules for radicals, I think, is critical because you're going to see it in so much of what we see every single day. Just like when we see AOC all out crazy when she blames everything on inequity. They know that inequity gets everybody fired up. I don't have what she has. They're not giving me enough of that one. This is you're against me because of this, that, and the third. It reminds me of a, uh, of a parable from the Bible where, you know, the farmer hires three different guys at three different times of the day and then pays them all the same. And then the guy who came very early in the day gets mad that the guy who came late in the day got paid just as much as he did. And it's that inequity that we all suffer from in human nature that the left uses against each and every one of us. They expect us to accept what they're selling instead of making them live up to their own book of rules we give them a pass and we can't we have to make them live up to their their own book of rules like the saying goes the best defense is a great offense it's not about punching back it's about punching first throwing the first punch and punching up and i don't mean that physically i'm not talking about violence but i'm talking about figuratively you can't wait till they come at you You've got to constantly figure out how the left's coming to get you because they use the same playbook every single time. And the good news is we have a copy of this playbook. Remember, it's not about punching back. It's about punching first and punching up. Anyway, I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, and I am in for the great one, Mark Levin. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America.
Welcome back, America. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media, filling in for the great one, Mark Levin, who was stuck in airline traffic tonight. Uh, rest assured, Mark Levin is well. He's in good health. He's in good spirits. Uh, as a matter of fact, I saw Life, Liberty, and Levin this weekend. He looked terrific. Looks like he's uh, doing a lot, putting in a lot of work with his trainer, so I'm happy to see that. And um, speaking of Life, Liberty, and Levin, right now on Rumble.com, Mark Levin's clips of his show from last night are number one on the leaderboard. That's what's trending right now on Rumble. And uh, we're going to play some of those clips so you don't have to go to Rumble right now. You can sit back, relax, enjoy the best three hours in talk radio. And trust me when I tell you, hour number three is the best hour of the Mark Levin show. Now, people wonder, why is hour number three the best hour? I'll tell you why. Because we get the breaking news that's happening in the first two hours, right, between 6 and 7 p.m., and at 8 o'clock, we come in with some analysis on that stuff. We play some of the clips that we've had that we've, you know, ready to go, and it, it truly, for me, is the best one. And plus, the West Coast is welcomed to the uh, to the fold. You get all these new callers and new perspectives, so never miss the, the third hour of this wonderful program. Anyway, the phone number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Now, we talked about that. I talked about this airline stuff, and I just wanted to hit this because I thought it was funny. The American Airlines uh, uh, CEO and the corporation are now apologizing about a pilot that had a Let's Go Brandon sticker on his luggage tag. So he's rocking the Let's Go Brandon swag and gets chastised for it. And it went viral after a uh, Twitter user um, was responding to it and they were, you know, blasting him for doing it. Here's what they said. Cowardly rhetoric on their crew luggage when they're in uniform. We are the only passengers who noticed and were disgusted, the user added. Now, okay, granted, uh, I mean, you know, they didn't say anything when it was BLM time last year. It was kind of encouraged. It was like, you know, if you want to do that. Now people are saying, halt, stop the presses. You hear the cars break screeching. How are you going to compare? Let's go, Brandon, to BLM. Well, I think I just did, number one, but I get it. Intellectually, there are some differences. It's not an apples to apples comparison, and I get that. But it's, BLM was more, right? It was, it was a social movement. It was a social political movement. Let's go Brandon is a, uh, a piece of pop culture, but I guess it's a, it's a political statement just the same, right? One saying, I'm not satisfied with my president. And the other saying they weren't satisfied with the status quo in race relations. When you look at it that way, how are they different? And why are they apologizing for one and encouraging the other? And that's part of the problem that we have with wokeness. Right? Wokeness is just runs amok. It runs into everything. It runs into actual reporting. And for the benefit of the doubt, I'm going to say that Associate Justice, uh, Justice Sonia Sotomayor from the Boogie Down Bronx, that she actually got it wrong because she had the wrong information and her, her law clerks had the wrong information. That's what I'm going to say to be nice, right? Because she's a Boricua from the Bronx and I'm trying to be nice. The other side of that coin is that she's a fake, she's a phony, she's a fraud, she's a fugazi. I don't know if that's true, but I can tell you she got called out on her stuff by nobody other than the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky. And thanks to Brett Baer for asking the right questions. I want you to listen to this. You just heard about the U.S. Supreme Court currently deciding the fate of the president's vaccine mandates. In the questioning, Justice Sonia Sotomayor made this statement. We have over 100,000 children, which we've never had before, in, in serious condition, and uh, many on ventilators. Now, 
we can find from Friday suggests there are fewer than 3,500 current pediatric hospitalizations from COVID-19. Is that true? Yeah, but, you know, here's what I can tell you about our pediatric hospitalizations now. First of all, the vast majority of children who are in the hospital are unvaccinated. And for those children who are not eligible for vaccination, we do know that they are most likely to get sick with COVID if their family members aren't vaccinated. So the most important thing we can do for those children to keep them out of the hospital is to vaccinate them and to vaccinate their family members around them. Understood. But the we number is not 100,000. It's roughly 3,500 in hospitals now. It, yes, there are, there are. And in fact, what I will say is while pediatric hospitalizations are rising, they're still about 15 fold less than hospitalizations of our older age, age demographic. So there you go. Right. So now she had a she had a pull back on that saying, no, 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 that's just quite frankly, it's not the case. So the justice, Sonia Sotomayor, she was wrong. Now, it comes into question, and again, I'm the nice guy, right? You can call me Mr. Softy. You know, I don't need to go to sleep every night and lay my head on a bed made of the, the bodies of libs that I've owned. I don't have to do that. I, I believe in, in a, what word am I looking for? A, a conversation. I don't have to destroy the left. We just have to destroy leftism, right? And push it back as much as we can if destruction's not an option. That's my philosophy. Come what may. But this is what we've got. And, and I say that because of this. I remember early on, right, I was doing a weekend show in New York City live. And the, the news about Kyle Rittenhouse had come out and there were some new developments. And I was bringing it as I was getting it from the sources that were available. And if you remember, he had shot all these people. He had transported a gun across state lines, all this, that, and the third, which turned out to all be false. And CNN was forced to go and eat crow at the end of that and correct the record. But I bring that up because ultimately that happens to a lot of people. So that's why I give the benefit of the doubt when it comes to fake news. But it doesn't mean that we can't push back because that's ultimately what we have to do. They lie, we got to call them out. They lie, we make them live up to their own book of rules. It's the only way. Anyway, there's more to come straight ahead. We're going to get to that and a whole lot more. I want to talk about some of the stuff that's happening in New York with Eric Adams. And uh, anyway, keep it locked right here. I'm Rich Valdez in for the great one. This is America. Welcome back, America. I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S. Some of you guys know me as Mr. Call Screener. Yes, I'm the guy that is short and curt and abrupt and gets you off the phone very quickly when you call the Mark Levin Show because that's the job. But today I get to talk with you guys, and I promise to be um, a little bit less abrupt and less curt in that process. Now, we were just talking about airlines, right? And with the airlines come pilots. And with the pilots comes a lot of talk about planes going down and this and that and all sorts of things. And that's not something I want to get into, but something I do want to get into because I don't always have the chance to speak with, you know, tens of millions of people at the same time. Uh, I got a pretty darn good show. It's the top 100 podcast, but I don't reach that many people like the great one Mark Levin does. So I'm going to take advantage, point of personal privilege to uh, share a story, a personal story. This morning, I did a uh, commentary on Newsmax TV, and I do that every week. And we talked about some stuff, and then afterwards, usually some people that see it on TV, they call me and they text me. And they're like, oh, I saw you. Great job, blah, blah, blah. And I thank them. But today, somebody said, hey, I saw you on Newsmax. And then he got into some more personal stuff and said, hey, pray for my boy. His son, a recent college graduate who graduated from college to be a pilot, 
has myocarditis. And it just happened shortly after him getting a vaccine. And this is one of the um, known and expected side effects of, of the vaccine, in particular in males, young males. And he had a great demeanor about it. And, you know, I said, sure, I will pray and I'll covet the prayers of those that pray. So, and that's what I'm doing. Um, if you're a praying person, pray for my buddy and his boy that, you know, he gets through this and he has a long career as a pilot. But it, it begs the question, do the scientists at the CDC know what they're talking about? On Friday's Mark Levin show, Mark Levin talked about how injurious vaccines were to people following the Spanish flu of 1918 and that there was lots of vaccine injuries. And this was a big thing. And it's something that can potentially happen again. Now, that's not necessarily the topic I want to discuss specifically, but it's a point I think that we have to raise and people should be aware of and ask questions, especially when the CDC says things outside of vaccines, just about COVID deaths. That's 75% of these COVID deaths that occurred in people had at least four comorbidities. And we just heard that. But there's more to that audio, and we're going to play a little bit more from Brett Baer and, and Director Walensky. But it, it really, again, I can't escape wondering how is it that we play fast and loose with the science so often? Now, I know many of you are screaming at the radio right now, throwing stuff. It's a plan, Rich. They're doing it on per I get it. I get it. Uh, I'm being coy for the sake of radio because I'm trying to unravel, trying to ask some, some rhetorical questions to get to the point. But when I look at this headline, CDC director, 75% of COVID deaths occurred in people with at least four comorbidities. Good Morning America was where um, Walensky said it, admitting that over 75% of these COVID deaths had four comorbidities. One day I'll be able to say that word three times really fast. And she goes on to say, so really, these are people who are unwell to begin with. Now, I'm reading from uh, KUSI News. Now, Walensky's comments come after many doctors, including the ones routinely featured on KS KUSI News, have been saying the same thing for nearly two years. And this piece goes on. As we know, big tech has silenced many doctors and politicians who attempted... Uh, to calm the fears of those that were worried about COVID-19 by posting statistics like that one. Many Republicans say the Biden administration is slowly starting to change their tune on COVID because of plummeting poll numbers. I wish I could say that's not true. These are, these are people that have virtue. They care about humanity. They care about society. But I can't. I can't say that with a straight face. Because every day... Miss Walensky seems unprepared. Every day, Joe El Baboso Biden is unprepared. Nobody fact checks Joe Biden when he says things like, I got hairy legs. The kids, they reach in the pool. They rub my leg. And when, I learned about roaches, right? You know, you know that clip. Nobody fact checks any of his stories about corn pop. But yet we want to fact check everything else. So I'm, kudos to Brett Baer for asking some of the questions that the rest of the media is forgetting to ask. Listen to this. Speaking of statistics, uh, it seems to make a big difference if a person in the hospital is in the hospital for COVID-19 or with COVID-19. It's been almost a year since you've been running the agency. Do we have that split on numbers? 
Um, you know, what I will say is it differs by each variant. So um, some variants, first of all, we're doing screening of many uh, um, in many hospitals of everybody who's walking in the door. Um, what we're seeing with the Omicron variant is that um, it tends to be milder person by person. But given how large the numbers are, that we're seeing more and more cases come into the hospital. In some hospitals that we've talked to, up to 40 percent of the patients who are coming in with COVID are coming in not because they're sick with COVID, but because they're coming in with something else and have uh, had to COVID or the Omicron variant detected. Right. But I guess, do you know how many of the 836,000 deaths in the U.S. linked to COVID are from COVID or how many are with COVID, but they had other comorbidities? Do you have that breakdown? Um, yes, of course. With Omicron, we're following that very carefully. Our death registry, of course, um, takes a few weeks to and is, uh, takes a few weeks to collect. Um, and of course, Omicron has just been with us for a few weeks, but those data will be forthcoming. So she's admitting to this now that fat will kill you. Being fat. Now, listen, I've been a little rotund in my time. I used to be 269 pounds. I lost 50 pounds on the keto diet, gained back a few of them. I'm still down some, about 218 right now. But my point is, I understand that my weight it can affect my health. And I realize that. And if I get this, this um, cold from hell, right, the, uh, the Wuhan virus, that it could potentially be very uh, harmful. And I think most Americans realize that. That's why people die of the flu, right? Most people get the flu and they live on. And some people get the flu and they die because they're little kids or they're elderly or whatever and what have you. So it seems that now that popularity has shifted now it's no longer okay now we've got to get to the bottom of things and you know why it's not okay anymore because people were content for a little while people were content with taking their hush money right that's the word they like to use when they were you know hey take some money we will put our thumb on the scale and manipulate the free market to inflate the cost of labor you stay home we'll pay you we'll have employers beg you to come to work just so that you could stay home in the name of covid shutting down barbershops and salons in the name of COVID, right? Everything was happening in the name of COVID, right? You couldn't even go and vote anymore, right? The whole 2020 election, and we're going to do some stuff on the election in the next hour. What a big deal that was. Couldn't do anything in the name of COVID. Everything seems to be done in the name of COVID. Your kid can't go to school anymore in the name of COVID. Well, there's this clip of audio about remote learning from Dr. Ajish Ja. I hope I said that right. And Dr. Ja, J-H-A, he hits the nail on the head here because remote learning, I'm going to venture to say, based on my not um, peer-reviewed journal, none of that, (laughs) but this is just my anecdotal survey of people I talk to, it doesn't work as well for the entire group of people that it's intended to serve. Listen to this. Meantime, we also have this issue with the schools going on right now. Uh, Parents, understandably, are are having a hard time dealing uh, with remote learning. So many parents have to work. Teachers and others who work at schools are saying, but wait a second, we're just not sure that it's safe and we don't have the staffing right now because Omicron is spreading so widely. How do we handle that? How do we balance that out? Yeah. So first of all, remote learning has been a disaster for America's kids. And I think we have to acknowledge that and we have to do everything we can to minimize any further remote learning. 
Look, I understand teachers' frustrations. A lot of school districts did not put in, uh, did not use the billions of dollars that they had gotten to put in improvements in ventilation and, and other upgrades. So the question is, can you still have school in the middle of a surge? And the answer is you can. Because if people are vaccinated, teachers should be all vaccinated and boosted. Uh, if people wear high-quality masks, even without those other upgrades, which I would like to see, it still is safe to, uh, for kids and teachers to be back in school. So I think at this point, there's really no good explanation for having remote schools. Well, there you go. That's Dr. Ja. And I think Dr. Ja, J-H-A, I think he's hitting the nail on the head. And I'm going to tell you, because you combine that with bad policies, even though the CDC has reduced their policies, they continue these policies of segregation. And I'll share a story with you. The last time I was on the air with you guys here at the Mark Levin Show, it was, you know, mid-December, right before Christmas. And I remember telling you, so my kid... Somebody in her class was positive for COVID, and because she was in the vicinity of this kid, uh, you know, sits next to him or behind him in class, she had to self-isolate at that time for a period of 10 days, irrespective of her testing negative the next day for a test uh, for, for COVID, right? So when that 10-day ended, she came into contact with somebody else that had COVID. But by that time, they had changed it to five days, but yet the school held on to the other 10 days, and it was in the middle of the Christmas break. So true story, December 17th is when I talked to you about it. And on January 17th is when my kid will be allowed back into school. 30 days on remote instruction. Minus the, you know, 10 days that she was off for Christmas break. How is that in the best interest of any child? Now, I have a good mind to go there and raise hell. But I realize, you know what? I'm so close to the finish line of getting out of the school district, which was once really, really good, and now not so much. I'm not going to name it by name, but those who know how to do math know how to add two and two and make four. And it's a shame, but that's exactly where we are. And my kid's not the only one that's going through that. Thankfully, she's a pretty bright kid, and she can, you know, she can channel her attention, hopefully, for enough time to get through the remote instruction. But there's a lot of kids that can't do that. There's a lot of kids where this becomes an impediment to their actual learning. And in my opinion, it's an impediment to so many educators who, who lose an aspect of classroom management to actually run the classroom so that kids can effectively learn. Because it's a three-dimensional process, and online learning is truly a two-dimensional medium. I don't know. Let me know what you think. Your calls and more coming up straight ahead. 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S on all the social media. And I'm sitting in for the great one. This is America. This is America. Welcome back, America. Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And our phone number, if you want to weigh in and disagree or agree or share your piece, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Let's uh, head over to the phone bank here. we got some people that want to comment on my opening statement, which had to do with Saul Alinsky and Rules for Radicals and how we must make the left live up to their own book of rules. Let's go to Duncan in Canton, Michigan, looks like. What's going yeah, on, Duncan? Evening, You're on Rich. with Rich Valdez. How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know if I'm, you know, dispelling a myth, but I, I was telling your call screener, I'm, I'm a 40-year-old Democrat. Most of my friends, family are, are lifelong Democrats. 
we don't read that book. I, there's this right-wing fascination with Saul Alinsky. I hear him mentioned on conservative radio all the time. We don't read his book. We don't study his book. None of his tactics are mentioned. So if that's your playbook to defeat us, good luck. Well, Duncan, if if you pay attention, you'll notice that I said the pro-crime progressive movement within the Democrats. I'm talking about the far-left radicals, not necessarily your JFK Democrat or your run-of-the-mill liberal, which there's always been and there always will be. But I'm talking about the party that's in charge now, right? The Bernie Sanders, AOC, Liz Warren radicals. And each and every one of those lives their life by this book. Rich, one, they don't live their lives by it. That's just being disingenuous. Two, How is it they... disingenuous to say that every single move that they make, you could pull right out of these books? And I pointed them out, chapter and verse. Making them, rule number four, make them love up to their own book of rules. We just saw Nancy Pelosi do that, right? Pelosi says, oh, well, you know, the reason I'm into the insider trading, it's, well, it's because it's, I am, I'm allowed to do that. It's a free market economy. Is it truly a free market economy? Insider trading. All right, when John Boehner was Speaker of the House, did he do anything to prevent insider trading? I'm not talking about John Boehner. I'm talking about Nancy Pelosi. She's the one making headlines today. Rich, I'm bringing up a point. You want to know what the biggest problem that Democrats have with Republicans is? I really don't want to know the biggest problem. I want to know why you try to conflate every Democrat in America to the radical progressive left that's taking over your party. No. I'll tell you, Rich, give me a moment to talk. You get a lot of Republican calls. You get a lot of echo chamber calls. It's Funny, the first caller I went to was you, Duncan. That's that's fine. So it, let me enlighten your audience. Make it count. We don't like Republicans because of your hypocrisy. That's what makes us tick. That's what drives us crazy, is that you will spend all your time trying to point out the fault in others instead of looking in the mirror and fixing your own house. And the funniest thing is, when you guys do that, all you do is drive a wedge between fellow Americans, and God forbid we ever do have to face off against China or Russia. Are you going to stand next to me, Rich? Am I going to want to stand next to you after all the division that you cause? Well, that's after a question you'd have to answer, Duncan. I can tell you, most patriotic Americans that I know, they're willing to give their lives for everybody else. And not to mention, this is a majority Christian nation, and the, the call for every Christian, love God, love people. Right. Hate the sinner. Um, you know, hate the sin, love the sinner. So I think when you take all of that into consideration, there's only one really angry bunch of people. And it's your buddies on the left, not my buddies on the right. We're trying to let go and let God and have a hunky dory life. But it's you that says, you know, what? I'm going to listen to conservative talk radio. I'm going to call in and try and bust some stones and ineffectively at that. But it's the left that tries to do those things because they're angry, bitter people. And I think you've just displayed that to all of America, so I thank you for doing that. And in that same vein, I want to bring up a point that was made by Adam Kinzinger, your friend from Michigan, right, another one. He, is he from Michigan? Did I get that right? Anyway, wherever Kinzinger is from, good old Adam Kinzinger, he, um, he was on television this weekend, and he says, you know what? It's the Republicans that are driving the wedge, similar to our buddy uh, Duncan, that believe that we're the ones causing the strife. Ah, maybe we'll have to save that for the other side. Because I think there's so much more to this than meets the eye. You tell me, was it the principle of Ronald Reagan to divide and conquer the United States, or did he unify Americans? Abraham Lincoln, was it to divide and conquer, or was it to unify this union? I think Abraham Lincoln called it best when he said that America would fall from within and it would fall because of people like Duncan 
who dared ask me, and I'm glad he did, do you think I'm going to stand next to you if the proverbial substance hits the fan? I don't need to know his answer. I think the proof is in the pudding. There's so many on the left and to the left of the center that don't have our back. They don't have the back of America. And we've got to look past that if we want to save this country. This is America. 